I'm coming to you live from the downstairs of the house this week. Live from the downstairs. That's right. Well, you know, I got to take care of Yobi. So mm-hmm. work downstairs, record downstairs. Awesome. So if you guys hear extraneous noises, you might hear a bird. Awesome. <laughs> and if and if people out there with bird money want to sponsor us, that's even better. Yeah, man. Do it. Yeah, man. Bird money. Welcome back to The Watchlist with Patty and Bill. Make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcast. You can check out all of our back episodes by logging on to thewatchlistpod.com. You can engage with us on social media, not that you guys ever uh, at symbol Bill Ivory Larson, at symbol Pirate Alice, at symbol The Watchlist Pod. And if you just happen to listen on Apple, please give us a five star review. We would love that. So I've got three things today. As do I. I am chock full of actually new stuff, like brand spanking. Mine new stuff. isn't really all that new. The things I have are older, but they're new to me. Okay. Yeah, that works. Well, here, why don't you kick us off then? Okay. So Dwight found on Netflix his favorite reality show, Married at First Sight. There are three seasons available, seasons 11, 12, and 13. He loves this show. For those who are unfamiliar with Married at First Sight, it is a reality show that is exactly what you think from hearing the title. These People sign up to be married because they are so desperate to not be single anymore. And they marry someone that these experts choose for them without ever seeing, meeting them. I think they don't even know their names. And yeah, the, the show throws puts on a full wedding. They buy the dress. Uh, they send them on a honeymoon afterwards. And then we watch over, I think it's like six weeks. I want to say um, six or eight weeks, something like that, as they try to be a happily married couple and get to know each other. And all I could say is this show is a study in communication and lack of communication skills by all these young, newly married people. But do each of them go into it thinking that they're actually going to have a marriage that survives? They are hoping they are one of the minority couples that does survive this. And there are a few couples that met in the past seasons that are still today married and they have kids and stuff. No kidding. Well, not a lot of them, not a lot of them, but there are some that are still married today. Well, okay. And this is on Netflix, you say? This is now on Netflix. Seasons 11 through 13 are on Netflix. I think it's usually on one of those, I don't know, one of those reality TV channels, um, like TLC or some shit. Okay. But yeah, I've watched this in the past when we were first married, and it's just constantly like, you know, if you just told him exactly how you feel instead of avoiding talking to him, this wouldn't be happening right now. Yeah. Why are you storming out of the house? That there's so from that show, our first year of marriage, 
the whole thing of I can't take this anymore <laughs> is the thing that Joy and I say to each other all the time because there was one woman on the show who would say I can't take this anymore and she'd storm out of the house completely and so that's our joke now I can't take this anymore how can you not bring me a soda too when you go to the kitchen you know oh my <laughs> that kind God. Of thing. that's how Dwight and I say it yeah <laughs> that's how Dwight and I are it's you know the, the few things we argue about, I don't know. Well, then good for <laughs> it's you. It's a huge difference. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a huge difference getting married at like 40, 45. Yeah, it was 45 versus getting married at 25. Sure. Oh, my God. It's a world of difference. You betcha. It's a huge difference. You have a whole different perspective on communicating with each other and you have a better idea of you know instead of just holding this all in just talk to them you're both reasonable adults i would expect maybe <laughs> maybe so, you know maybe, maybe maybe you are maybe and it would just be so much your, your life would be better and honestly then there's the whole thing of are you that desperate to get married Really? Is marriage that big of a deal in your life that you feel that you are incomplete because you're single and you're 27 or you're 26 or whatever it is? Well, my question is, okay, you can be that desperate. I, I That I can believe. But are you so desperate that not only are you that desperate, you're willing to go on a reality show for it, you know, and throw your life out there into the, you know, the telesphere or whatever you want to call television these days and and just have it laid bare for people to see. I mean, that to me is just that bad. and uh yeah, um also on this show you uh you have to you cannot have work during the time that you're married and before you make your final decision to stay together or not. So that you can spend the maximum amount of time with each other? In front of cameras right, and with each right, other, right. yes. yes. So, and they give you a small stipend, but it's not enough for, it's not enough from what I read online. The stipend, anyway. And then you move into this completely, you have to find a different place to live with this person. So they're paying the rent on this house or whatever, you're, wherever they're living in. They're not living in their real place. Well, all right. There's a whole lot of other stuff going on. Like you can't tell your parents that you're about to get married until the day of the wedding. And you can't, you know, and your friends. And it's it's the whole thing is really kind of ridiculous. You give them a list of people you don't want to ever be matched with. Because there's one girl in this new season. It turns out she and the guy she's about to marry, they've met before. They met during college. They didn't date or anything, but they knew each other. Okay. And the whole point of this is to not know the person you're about to get married to. And then you are legally married uh, and they will pay for your divorce at the end of the eight weeks or whatever it is, should you choose not to stay together. If you feel you could still make it work and then a year after that, you don't want to do it. That's You're on, on you. your own for, right. for that That's divorce. on you. Yeah. Well, it's probably so, it's probably annulment. Like eight I, weeks is is annulment territory. Who knows? I'm I not even going to second guess know. because they, I don't I, care that much. Yeah. 
I don't know. And I think it depends on the state, the city where you live too, what yeah. the rules are for all that. Yeah. But uh, do you want to be that kind of person? I don't know. So do you, I wouldn't do this. Right. This is not something I would do. But do you recommend the entertainment of the show? Well, that's a whole other thing based on your tastes and shows. I, yeah, oh man, this I, I like to scream at them because they're stupid and they aren't communicating properly. And I can see it clearly how they are ruining everything by their lack of communication skills. So that's one way of watching it i guess but i'm not uh, like after the whole first episode dwight's like i just want to see all the weddings and i'm like i'm gonna go upstairs then okay i'll see you later so dwight likes it i dwight loves this show i am i am unimpressed with the show but i watch it because he likes to watch it and i like to occasionally let him be in charge of the tv all right so if you like guilty pleasure type reality stuff. Yeah. If you're into this guilty pleasure, married, you know, finding your 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 love of your life thing. Yeah. Married at first sight. It's on Netflix seasons 11 through 13. Okay. So the first thing I have is actually a docuseries that I just happened to catch. On those rare occasions when I'm flipping through live TV as opposed to streaming, I think I was actually looking for a baseball game that day. And I came across something called Black Pop. It's on E! Entertainment Television. And if you go to eonline.com, you can stream all the episodes. Or I'm sure if you have the E! app on your Roku or your TV or something like that, you can stream all the episodes. Each episode is an hour long, and it focuses on black excellence in television, sports, music, and movies. And did you ever watch when MTV did I Love the 80s, I Love the 90s, that sort of thing? Yeah, I've seen those. I've seen those. This reminded me very, very much of those, where you had celebrities talk about, oh, yeah, that was cool, or, oh, my God, you couldn't even watch this without this and and all that. I was hoping for a little bit more of a deeper retrospective, especially when it came to ah. music, how, you know, gospel and blues formed rock and roll, and, you know, these were the, like, like Sister Rosetta Tharp, and how she helped pave the way for actual rock and roll to happen, and who she influenced and all that, but no, this is this is very much a glossing over of of just contributions to those to those things, you know, sports, music, movies, and and television. But in that, there is something very cool about the sheer amount of it. You don't realize until somebody puts it in your face you know, the, the accomplishments that have been made. Although I do wish, and this is not the geeky part of me coming out. This is, this is actual true shit. I wish in the television portion, they had mentioned Star Trek and how Michelle Nichols actually had the first interracial kiss on television, you know, just history like that. So it really glosses over some things. 
Uh, and it yeah. and it really glosses, you know, because the television version talks about Bill Cosby and his contributions to pop culture. How when was this made? Oh, this was made. This is 2023. Oh shit! This is 2023. So yeah, some of it is fucked up mm. because you're not giving the the actual story of all of that. And see, that would have been interesting. How? Because I remember culturally when the Cosby show was on that there was the backlash effect of it. How seeing a very successful, normal black family on TV was actually hurting race relations in America because it portrayed just one segment of it and not, not reality for many people. But now you get to, okay... It was a very positive image at the time, yet this guy was convicted. Yeah. You know, yeah. so overall, though, and I have to say this overall, if you want to take a walk down memory lane, and I'm not just talking black people, I'm talking everybody, because there's certainly in, enough in here for everybody. Plus, you can even pick up some new shit if you've never been exposed to things like Waiting to Exhale or Set It Off or Friday or anything like that. You know, if you're looking for that walk down memory lane, that I love the 80s or 90s kind of feel, then Black Pop is for you. I enjoyed it. It's easy to watch. The hour goes by like that. But if you're looking for any kind of deep history... Make notes of things and then go online. Because this does not give you much history at all. But it's okay. I mean, it's e-entertainment television. What am I expecting? You know, am I, <laughs> right? am I expecting yeah. the History Channel? No. But <laughs> Yeah, you know. am I expecting a deep dive into the news? <laughs> yeah. Not on E. <laughs> right, not on E. But anywho, um, so that is Black Pop on uh, E! Entertainment Television. Worth a watch. The next thing I have is another thing that Dwight found and told me about. It is a movie that... Shit, I don't remember where we found it. What's the uh -oh. movie? It's called Army of One. It's from 2016. It's directed by Larry Charles and stars Nicolas Cage, Russell Brand, and Wendy McClendon. That is an odd cast. It is, isn't it? It's It gets even weirder. So this is based on a true story about a guy named Gary Faulkner. He believed that God had given him this duty, this quest, to capture Osama bin Laden after the 9-11 stuffs and after constant attempts to capture him have failed. So he, over the course of... I don't know how many years he takes 11 trips to Pakistan to find bin Laden. He is this kooky weirdo with kidney disease. He's on a dialysis thing. He's a, had been working in construction, I guess in air quotes, he's kind of this loser who's jobless, but somehow always manages to get money. He, he decides he's going to buy a boat and sail to Pakistan. That fails. Okay. Then he does it again. He buys another boat and that fails. He ends up in 
Baja, Mexico on the beach because he got into a a hurricane or something that he he doesn't know what he's doing. Let's start right there with sailing. <laughs> so then after he sells the yacht, he buys a plane ticket to Pakistan, which would have been the smartest way to go. And on his final trip, he was arrested by the Pakistan officials because he was carrying a sword, a pistol, night vision goggles, a map, and a Bible. He spent 10 days in the custody of the Peshawar police before being released with no charges. The This is the craziest, wackiest fucking movie about this crazy freak guy. <laughs> but again, do you expect any different oh from Nicolas Cage? Well, no, just the story of this person that this really happened. And then as the credits roll, they show footage of him on like The View, the actual guy on The View talking to people. And everybody's like, so you went yourself to Pakistan to find him? The voice that Nicolas Cage puts on for this guy when you hear the real guy talking at the end, he's like, try, he got pretty close to that. And Nicola, uh, Russell Brand is God, the visions of God that he sees. And Wendy McClendon is some old high school friend, and then they have a, a relationship. But this movie is just crazy, and it was actually a lot of fun and uh, very entertaining. And yeah, Army of One... Uh, stream it online somewhere. I'll have to find out where, and I will put that in our show notes on our website. Got it. So the next thing I have is on Netflix, and it's the sequel uh, starring uh, Chris Hemsworth, and it's Extraction 2. And in 2020, there was a movie, a hit action movie called Extraction, and this is the sequel to it, where this action hero comes back from the brink of death and he's sent on a mission to find the sister of his ex-wife, blah, 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 who cares? Uh, <laughs> and, I, and I only say that because this is action porn at its finest. Ah, okay. I was having a discussion with a friend of mine about this movie. Because she and her her husband partner were watching this. And she was picking out details, and they were picking out details of the movie that they that they didn't like. And I said, okay, well, then that's a good way of looking at it. There's so much action going on that you're ignoring the action and looking at the smallest things to distract you during this movie. Oh, so when Laura so when Laura and I watched it, we were like, yeah, on board, this action is great, you know? And there's <laughs> actually a 20-minute unbroken action shot. Damn. Now, in reality, they used camera tricks to actually cut away. But okay. what it looks like on film is 20 minutes of unbroken action. And it's one of two action pieces that I really, really, really liked in this movie. 
the second one being atop this really tall fucking skyscraper. And it gave me that vertigo sense of, oh my God, I hope I don't fall off of it. It, it, you, people who tune into the extraction movies are in it just for the action. Yeah. All right. I mean, because one minute Chris Hemsworth is near death and the next minute, yeah, he's, he's already doing his training montage literally in this movie. So he must've gone to a Korean hospital where he could just like yank everything out and be good after one hour. Basically. I mean, he, he, he. Just rips off his cast in this one show. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. Um, But I'll tell you what. If you are an action movie junkie, like I am, Extraction 2 is just balls to the wall action. And I'll tell you what. The choreography of that action is really, really well done. Like John Wick kind of. Especially Ooh. that, especially that long sequence. I mean, just the amount of preparation it took to film those those sequences. Oh yeah, but ex- but if you're looking for plot, if you are looking for you know any kind of character development, the character development comes in for the bad guy in this movie. But anyway, wow, yeah, well, you know, okay, yeah, whatever. So you're not going to find deep meaning. Not and, at all. Like, this Better is popcorn choices. <laughs> this is absolute <laughs> okay. popcorn and Just treated like, as uh, such. My movie. Yeah. Okay. Seriously. But if you're looking for a good Friday or Saturday night action pick to watch extraction Two on Netflix. What? And do you even need to see the first extraction? Fuck no. <laughs> That's the okay. Good of it. to know. You just good to know. Yeah. Extraction Two on Netflix. It's fun. Go watch it. All right. So my final movie to follow up your action fun movie is another based on real life stuff, but this is not, this is more, uh, this is a little bit heavier. Let's put it that way. I rented this on, on Amazon. It's called her story. It's from 2018. Yeah. 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 I see the previews for that. I don't think you have. This is, this is a Korean movie, and oh. it's directed by Min Kyu Dong. Oh, then I am certainly in the wrong about that, yes. because no, I have you, not. This is not the her story you're thinking of. This <sighs> movie is based on the real-life story of the trials that took place in Shimonseki in the 1990s. There were 23 trials from 92 to 98 of these women from Busan, Korea, They started a court case against the Japanese government to highlight the ordeals of Korean women who were forced into sexual slavery as comfort women by the Japanese military during World War II. Damn. Yeah, this is a heavier thing. So these women were either lied to or just captured and taken to what the Japanese called comfort stations to... And put into rooms or just a big open place with beds where the Japanese soldiers and officers would um, do whatever they wanted. If the women fought back, they might burn them with cigarettes. They might carve things into their stomachs. They might tattoo them with Korean horror or something. And 
they would well they would rape them repeatedly if they got sick they were kind of just left there um if they got pregnant they would cut the woman open and remove the the fetus they were these women and they aged from like 15 and up Mm. So some of them weren't even women. Some of them were young girls. I'll, they also would take some girls to work camps where they would not really feed them. Well, they didn't really feed the comfort women either. They would get like a ball of rice. or But in, in the work camps, they would be forced to work all day long, not really sleep. They would be put in shacks where there's no insulation and it's fucking freezing cold. And... Finally, these women went decided to sue the Japanese government because, um, and to to try and get like reparations or really all they wanted was an apology. They wanted an, an acknowledgement that this shit happened, and it got a lot of publicity. And because it's Asian culture, when these women after the war was over and they were allowed to go home, they were seen as like whores or. Um, like they chose to do this, chose to prostitute themselves for the Japanese who occupied Korea during that time. Mm. The Japanese also did this in the Philippines. There was a group of Filipino women who actually won their court case. Um, and when this movie was made, these women were still trying to, there was still like a, a split view of them some of them were saying they should be ashamed of what they did and others were sympathizing with them as they rightfully should because they were kidnapped and some were told they would get a job somewhere and get paid so they could help their families and then they find out this we're not this is where i'm at fuck a lot of women died a lot of women died from syphilis and other various diseases and Many of them are not just psychologically scarred, but their body carries the physical scars of what happened to them. Wow. So where is this movie? I rented this on Amazon. Okay. It's called Her Story, one word, and it's Korean, so there's subtitles. Wow. And I believe it's from 2018. Okay. It's it's a heavy story. That One of the dramas I watched touched on this a little bit and so i wanted to learn more about it which is one i found this that's a a movie based on the real life story there are documentaries as well oh, i don't know that okay. i could handle a documentary though. yeah no kidding wow but her story and you rented it okay i rented it it was like two or 3.99 it wasn't like a crazy price and yeah the women the actresses in this are amazing and i've seen them in a lot of other things but yeah. this, it's so well, it's very well done. And yeah, it, it, oh, there's the court, a court scene just gutted me, just mm. gutted me. We go from that very serious, very real thing to the yes. flash. Oh, nice. So uh, shout out to April and Dante. They, they, we have, we have now formed a cheap movie Tuesday kind of dinner club. Excellent. So so we'll go out to dinner and then we'll go see a $5 movie oh, at the cool. local theater and and the theaters now are doing any movie even if it's a brand new release for 5 bucks. 
Wow. I'll have so, to look into that around here. Yeah, look into it. Look it. into it. It's legit. And some people, and, and I looked, and I think some chains are doing it Tuesdays and Wednesdays, but, oh. but check your local theater chain. Now, I got the big-ass RPX theater, so our tickets were actually $8 a piece. Okay, that's but, not bad. But it's better RPX, than $17 a piece Yeah. at a prime time. We went to the 7 o'clock show. So The Flash, um, there are two reviews of this movie that I have to give. Okay. Now, the first one is the actual movie itself, the story. Barry, if if you are any kind of comic nerd at all, you know that Barry Allen gets these powers one night through a bolt of lightning and being sprayed by chemicals. But he uses those powers to help prove his father's innocence because he was accused of killing his mom. Okay. So in this movie, he's telling his buddy Batman... Uh, I can go back in time. I can fix this. And Batman, of course, is like, no, you shouldn't. Don't do that. But there wouldn't be much of a movie if he listened to Batman, <laughs> yeah. now, would there? Yeah, true. So he goes back in time and fucks up time and oh, runs fuck. into his alternate universe self. Oh. And that alternate universe self ends up taking Barry's power. Oh, shit. Yeah. And that's where the He's wacky- a bad man. No, 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 no. no. It was completely by accident. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. But. Wackiness. You cannot go into the Flash thinking story. You have to think overarching story, not plot details. Because there are tons of holes in this. Hmm. Tons of them. And And if you look for them, you will find them and it will unravel the movie for you. You kind of have to go into this movie thinking, I'm seeing a superhero movie. And in that, I liked it, except for Ezra Miller's character. He was, beside, I mean, you can't really put aside all the shit that's going on in his personal life. Mm -hmm. And that actually bothered Laura a bit um, when we went to go see this movie. Yeah. Because in this day and age, you know, when actors fuck up and start abusing people and, and all that, that's inexcusable. Now, the difference is he hasn't been convicted of any of that yet. Uh, okay. So she she agreed to see it with me. and But his portrayal of The Flash is just this side of annoying in, in oh. this movie. He, the um, Grant Gustin, who actually portrays Barry Allen on the CW series, did a far better job at, at portraying Barry Allen. Far better. Um, okay. Now the sec- but as a superhero movie, it's actually good. Okay. And it is certainly Helen gone better than that Shazam Fury of the Gods piece of shit. <laughs> Wonder Woman 1984 piece of shit. Oh. You know, just this. And I'm not a fan of it, but other people are. The Suicide Squad. But you can tell in this movie how disjointed Warner Brothers was. 
And this is a movie that could have set up a whole bunch of other shit, but we will never know because they're trashing everything and starting all over. Now, the second review of this movie is if you are an 80s kid like we are, you're going to fucking love the end of this movie. Oh. Shit happens in this movie. And there are so many cameos and appearances by... And I'm not going to spoil them because they're fun to fucking watch. Okay. But I can see why this movie is dying on the vine. And it's because young kids today don't know who the fuck some of the people are at the end of this movie. Oh, the cameo people? The cameo people. Uh, Okay. And they don't understand where they came from, why they're there, all of that stuff. So when I'm I'm seeing this movie, I'm like, no, they did not. Oh, my God, they did that. It's so cool. And young kids are like, yeah, okay, why is that important? Why am I seeing this? Who the hell is that? So they they paid off a lot of 70s and 80s viewing. But kids these days won't care. Okay. They did the same kind of thing in Spider-Man No Way Home. But the first Spider-Man, the one with Tobey Maguire, came out in 2001. And so, therefore, these kids are still nostalgic for that. But when you have to go back to the 70s for a few of these things, actually, the 50s for some of these. Oh, wow. Okay. You're not going to... Yeah. There is a there's a disconnection to it. So what was the cool thing is only cool for a certain audience. But should you go see The Flash? Here's the thing. <sighs> I hesitate to recommend it especially because of everything with Ezra Miller. But do I like it as a film? Yes, I do. If you're going to see it, watch it on HBO Max when it eventually comes out. Or pay the cheap ticket price. You okay. know, now now we've gotten into this habit of going to Cheap Movie Tuesday, so I don't want to pay full price ever again. Y- you you know? know? Yeah. I don't need I don't need to see something on opening weekend the way that I used to. So especially if you are a geek and love this kind of shit see the flash. Okay. Um, but anyway, that's the flash. So two things, one shout out to Dave for providing this. David, David, uh, it looks like actors are going to join the writers July 1st and shut down Hollywood and strike. Oh, fuck. Nice. And it says here in this tweet that streaming has actually broken the industry Um, some actors are working second jobs and some actors receive zero residuals from Netflix Mm -hmm. for extremely profitable shows for those networks. Oh yeah. I I fully agree. Streaming has upended the game. Yeah. So there could be a shutdown of shit happening. So keep that in mind. The second thing is I found out some disturbing news yesterday. Oh, so well, disturbing. Okay, so remember how I railed on Greece' rise of the pink ladies 
Ah, yes. That show is being removed from Paramount Plus. Just removed. Removed. First of all, the show was canceled. Uh huh. But it is being removed from the platform permanently. Why? Uh, cost cutting measures. So, in other words, if you does don't, it cost if, more to have it up there? I have no idea how Hollywood works these days. Okay. But, but Grease, Rise of the Pink Ladies is one of several shows okay. that have been removed from different streaming platforms and have no home now. Wow. And and probably when people are able to listen to this episode, you will no longer be able to find Grease, Rise of the Pink Ladies at all. Damn. Which sucks because they, you know... One, I didn't like the idea of the show because it, to me, was not actual Grease. It was just capitalizing off of the, the, the Grease name. name. Yeah. But at the same time, it's fucked up that, you know, the work that you do isn't going to even lead you to residuals. Right. It's like not from live the on. writers, the producers, the Writer, directors, everybody. all the actors, everybody. Everybody. This could have been somebody's wow. big break if somebody had discovered it maybe a year down the road or whatever. Right. So wow. if you're interested in your show, go online and see if it has been canceled and and removed. That is a thing now. So I guess, you know, instead of paying these people, you know, it's like they pay these people for a one off and then they're going to remove it and then they're done. That Damn. sucks. Yeah. So those are the... Oh, and the last thing, and you'll be happy to know this, Squid Game 2, the trailer yes. is out. Yep, I, I saw that. And it's in complete, and it's completely in Korean. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> As but well as I do be. recognize several of the actors that are coming on there. One of and them, I thought of you when I, when I saw that, like, does she know this person? Do I know this person? I, I don't yes, know. I do. I, I but anyway... Them, but- um, I cannot wait for Squid Game 2. I loved the first Squid Game. Um, I didn't understand a thing they were saying in the Squid Game trailer. I'm just going to be You know, I have honest. a feeling it's, you know, you don't need to understand. Yeah. <laughs> you If you thought the first Squid Game was fucked up, come back for Squid Game 2. Right? Um, but anyway, yeah. so if you liked the first Squid Game, go find the trailer online. It's there. No release date yet, but it's out there. It's and that's coming. All I got this week. All right. All right. Cool. Cool beans. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> uh, log on to thewatchlistpod.com to click on all of our back episodes. Uh, also, contact us on social media at symbol pirate Alice, at symbol Bill Ivory Larson, at symbol the watchlist pod. What do you think about this removing shows just as if yeah. they never existed to begin with? I think that's kind of fucked up. Let us know yeah. that. Uh, make sure you tell somebody about our podcast and hit that subscribe button whenever you do. And we appreciate you guys listening. Thank you so much. Thank you all so much. Oh, and I have to give a very special final shout out. Okay. Uh, over the weekend, we met uh, little baby Owen. Oh, and, hello, Owen. And little baby Owen is uh was born to a couple who are who have been listeners to us since the beginning 
And so shout out to um, Gary and Meredith and their son, Owen. Thank you, Gary and Owen and Meredith. Just wanted to say that. We love you guys. A new fan. A new fan. He's awesome. (laughs) And I got to hold him, which is even more awesome. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Anyway, everybody take care. And uh, we will see you next time. Okay, Okay, bye. Okay, bye.